What's up, everybody? Welcome back to another episode of the Turn on the Jets podcast. I'm your host, Joe Caparoso, owner of TurnOnTheJets.com. Going to do a quick 15-minute loss vent in place of our normal article that we run on Monday uh, to recap today's less than fun game. Before I jump into everything, I want to thank Willie McBrides for being a great host again for us for another watch party. Uh, appreciate everybody coming out despite the result of today's game. Good to uh, you know hang out, watch a little September football, and uh, we're going to continue to work with Willie McBrides in some capacity, so we'll keep you guys posted on future events and different things that they have going on in Hoboken, New Jersey. Also want to shout out Get Around, who is in the building today as well. Uh, make sure to check out the survey link that I'll be tweeting out this week, because if you fill it out, you have a chance to win tickets to Jets vs. Colts. Uh, and then I'll also be tweeting out uh, a link to sign up for their service, which is the best way to go about renting a car if you're in the NYC metro area here, and also potentially make money from renting your own car out. One final shout out also to Game Day Tailgate Presents. Hope everything went well down in Jacksonville today. Uh, hopefully they will be doing some similar parties uh, for Jet home games as well going forward, so we'll keep you posted on that. All right, where do we start? Jets drop to 1-3, and three, lose their third straight game, 31-12 to the Jacksonville Jaguars. Jets went into this game pending where you were looking at the line, anywhere from 7 and 9-point underdogs, so hard to say it's surprising that they lost. Jacksonville is considered one of the best teams in the AFC, if not the NFL, uh, despite coming off uh, a loss to the Tennessee Titans. I think most Jet fans were under the perception that the Jets would hang around in this game, uh, and keep it close, if not win. They did beat Jacksonville last year, and Jacksonville, with their offense, isn't always seen as a team that's going to run away from opponents. And this was a game that, you know, even though the Jets were technically still kind of in it until the fourth quarter, it never really felt that way. Jacksonville looked like the far superior team from the second this game started. They basically dominated the entire first half, uh, had to settle for a couple of field goals, so it was 6 nothing well into the second quarter until they finally broke through with a T.J. Yeldon touchdown, which was about the easiest 31-yard touchdown you will ever see in the NFL. It looks like Darren Lee got lost in coverage, and Yeldon basically walked in. Uh, ended up being 16 nothing before the half. Uh, Jets came out, uh, kicked a field goal, uh, of course, got it down uh, to 16-3. Uh, Jacksonville then hit on a huge touchdown down the sideline to Dante Moncrief, Dante Moncrief over Tremaine Johnson, who has had a really rough start through this first quarter of the season. And considering how much the Jets are paying him, uh, a very troubling sign for Mike McKendon. He invested in Tremaine Johnson to be this team's lead corner, and he's just not been good through the first quarter of the season. And you can't be getting beat four touchdowns like that by players like Dante Moncrief, who is, I don't know, one of the, maybe the 75th or 100th best receiver in the NFL. Uh, after that, the Jets' defense, to their credit, did force three second-half turnovers, which directly set up some points. Uh, they were able to get the game to 25-12 at one point, uh, thanks to uh, Avery Williamson ripping the football away, I believe from Yeldon, and then it was ran back by Johnson inside the five-yard line. Sam Darnold hits Jordan Leggett, of all people, for a short touchdown. Uh, Jets got the ball back down 13 and had Robbie Anderson down the middle of the field for what should have been a touchdown, uh, and Sam Darnold just overshot him by a few yards today, which happened to him a few times when attacking down the field. Jacksonville then put the icing on the cake, running the ball down the Jets' throat, getting a late touchdown and going for two 
despite it being 31-12 with no time left. So putting a little salt in the wound on the Jags' end. And, and why wouldn't they? Because the Jets were uh, basically punked up and down the field all day by these by the Jaguars. And still, I, I, it just this team did not play today uh, like they were trying to win. It was like they, they were coming out conservative, trying not to lose. And you can't do that when you have an inferior amount of talent. And the two plays or the two decisions that everyone's rightly going to be talking about from a coaching perspective, uh, when the Jets were down, I believe it was 25-3, to and made a decision to kick a field goal. So anytime you could, I think someone tweeted this over to me, anytime you can make a three-possession game a three-possession game, I guess you have to do it. But you're in four-down territory when you're down 25-3. Kicking a field goal does absolutely nothing. And then later in the fourth quarter when it's 25-12 to and the Jets have the ball back in a fourth and somewhat manageable, and it doesn't even matter, fourth and whatever it was, they decided to punt, which is basically throwing in the towel. And we've seen this repeatedly with Todd Bowles, and he just has not learned from his mistakes. And when you coach with this loser defeatist mentality, it trickles down to the rest of the team and the way that they carry themselves. The Jets came into this game today and played like a team who expected to lose. They played like a team who knew they were nine-point underdogs on the road in a day that was up to 100 degrees with the humidity in Jacksonville, and they played like they were supposed to lose. They coached like it. They played like it outside of about four or five players. I think you know Williamson played well today. Leonard Williams had his most active game of the year, including his first sack. Henry Anderson continued to play well. Quincy Inouye, we know, brings it every single week and should have had over 100 yards receiving if it wasn't for Kelvin Beecham getting called for a killer holding penalty that would have helped keep the Jets in the game. And Beecham, in particular, had a rough day today, uh, allowing Calais Campbell uh, to break through for a safety on Isaiah Crowell. Speaking of guys who did not show up today, Crowell had four carries for zero yards was tapping for a safety and was terrible in pass pro. Uh, a guy who, you know, the Jets keep bringing in these other backs to compliment Bilal Powell, and Bilal Powell remains our best running back year after year after year. Uh, Crowell, just as a complete player, is just not there yet. You take away the huge run he had in garbage time against Detroit, and he's been pretty bad this year through the quarter, through a quarter mark of the season. Another free agent signing that has not looked great yet for Mike McCagnin. So uh, before we get over let, let's let's go back over to the defense before we talk a little bit more about Sam Darner. I think defensively, you know, they forced three turnovers in the second half, right? Uh, Avery Williamson deflected a pass that was picked off by Daryl Roberts, who ended up coming in for Morris Claiborne, who got banged up again, which is something that's always a problem with him. That set up the Jets' first three points. Buster Screen did force a fumble later in the game, but struggled all day on the same short crossing pattern, which the Jets never adjusted to. And you can say what you will about the Jets' defense not getting any help and still forcing turnovers and getting a couple sacks. They allowed 500 yards to Blake Bortles. Uh, And a Jacksonville offense that I know could get hot at times, but this is far from one of the best offenses in the NFL. And to go out and allow 500 yards and have the mental errors and the mistakes that they did. Tremaine Johnson, supposed to be their lead corner, getting beat for a 60-yard touchdown. Jamal Adams missing multiple tackles that extend drives on third down. You can't talk about the culture being changed. You can't talk about your secondary in New Jack City and then have Blake Bortles go out and go 29 of 38 for 388 yards with a yards per attempt of 10.2 and two touchdowns and play like that and act like you have any type of swagger or you've done anything to change the culture. 
Teams who have changed their culture don't need to talk about it because it's evident from them winning on the football field. It's not something that needs to be harped on constantly. When the Jets start winning football games and their defense is not cut through like butter from a hot knife, then they could talk about how they've improved and how things are changing. But that was not the case today. So was the defense helped at all by the offense? No, of course not. It does not mean that they played well or that they merit any type of excuse for allowing Blake Bortles to throw for almost 400 yards on them to players like D.D. Westbrook and Dante Moncrief. It's not like Jacksonville is overloaded with offensive talent on the outside. Leonard Fournette barely even played in this game, and they still allowed T.J. Yeldon to carve them up. 31-yard touchdown, had 52 yards rushing, and another touchdown on top of that. Uh, had 100 yards total on the day, and that's without Fournette even being any type of factor. So not good enough from the Jets' defense, and no game plan from Todd Bowles or Casey Rogers, no adjustments to stop the short crossing routes that Jacksonville killed the Jets on all day. Offensively, when we're talking about game plans, let's, let's call it what it is. Through a quarter of the season, Jeremy Bates looks completely overmatched as a play caller. He looks like a guy who, over the past decade, has been an offensive coordinator a grand total of one year and has been out of the sport for four years at a clip in that past 10-year period. There's just not a lot of creativity. There is nothing unique about how the Jets are trying to attack these defenses. Watch how Minnesota calls games. Watch how the Rams call games. Watch how the Chiefs and Steelers and all these other offenses, even teams like Miami, who are overachieving a little bit with their talent, are getting creative. What are the Jets doing? They're running basic zone run concepts, mixing in ineffective toss plays, running mirror routes on most of their passing games and sticking to the exact same boot and screen package that's fooling nobody. And I'm not saying that he is overloaded with talent as a play caller, but there is no creativity. There is no originality in how the Jets are attacking right now. They're predictable and easy to stop, and they don't have enough talent to overcome that. The offensive line was unquestionably a huge sore spot today. Sam Darnold was under pressure all game. They allowed a safety. Uh, He was sacked. Uh, three times for a total loss of 23 yards. He did avoid any turnovers. His final numbers in the day, 17 of 34, 167 yards with the short touchdown to Jordan Leggett. That is only a yards per attempt of 4.9. I think if you look at those numbers really quick in the box score and say, oh, he was on the road against Jacksonville in his fourth career start, 17 and 34, 167 yards, one touchdown. It's not great. It's not terrible. Those numbers are a little misleading, right? Darnold had at least one or two dropped interceptions by Jacksonville, missed Robbie Anderson on what should have been probably a 70-80 yard touchdown, slightly overthrew Quincy Inouye on a big fourth down. Inouye got both hands on it. He should make that catch, but Darnold made it a little harder than it needed to be. And on the play before that, had Bilal Powell on a wheel pattern and just overshot him as well. Powell got a hand on it. That one in particular really was more on Darnold than Look, it's fine. He needs to make these mistakes now and learn how to make these throws. The Jets will be better served in the long term for him learning this year and being more so ready for next year. But you also got to call spade a spade. Like he, the 17 of 34 for 167 yards is a little misleading. He should have had an interception or two today, and he left some yards on the field. Now, on the other end of that, Quincy Inouye had a you know a 50-yard catch called back because of Calvin Beecham. The Jets had a couple other plays called back as well because they just can't stop being penalized, which, again, they cannot overcome. They do not have enough talent. We talked about this a lot last year as well. Like They do not have enough talent 
to overcome stupid football, which we saw against Miami, which we saw against Cleveland, and then which we saw against Jacksonville. And Jacksonville was a superior team in my mind to Miami and Cleveland. And that's why the margin of victory was bigger today for Jacksonville, 19 points instead of a one-possession game. The Jets can't overcome that. They don't have enough offensive ability to overcome a killer holding penalty or turnovers or false start or the terrible field position that they're constantly in. It's just a battle that they're losing week over week, and it's they're not make they're making life as hard as possible on Sam Darnold. And while Darnold is playing bad at times, particularly over these past two weeks, his coaching staff and his team is not doing him any favors. And we've been pretty, I would say, comparatively to most people who cover the team, we've been fairly patient with Todd Bowles. I don't think he's been good. I've said very consistently both Todd Bowles and Mike McCadden have been below average at their job since being hired. That's why the Jets' record under their time is they've won 40% of their games. You know, the proof isn't in the output, and I think Bowles has not done a good enough job building this roster. He's had, we're now into four years. Uh, I'm sorry, McCadden has not done a good enough job building this roster. We're now into their fourth year. And Bowles has just not learned or evolved at all. He deserves all the criticism he is going to get because he's coaching not to lose. And frankly, it is pathetic to be kicking a field goal when you're down 25-3. to It's pathetic to be punting in the fourth quarter when it's 25-12. to This is dinosaur football. This is not what you're seeing new age smart teams do. Did they just not watch the Eagles last year and how aggressive they play? Do they not watch how teams like the Rams are designing plays? How even teams within their own division like the Dolphins are designing plays to get more out of their offensive talent? The Jets are running a very basic, reductive offensive strategy, and they're not taking any risks as a coaching staff. They just look like they're playing a different sport than a lot of the teams that they're competing against this year, and it's going to catch up with them. For Bowles, his seat is only going to get hotter. McCagnon, for whatever reason, is given a little more of a rope. He's a little more savvy with the media. He has the Darnold pick to hang his hat on, although he has not done a good job building an infrastructure around him yet. But my guess is that he'll get more of a rope than Bowles. But Bowles, if the Jets go into these next three home games, and the stadium's going to be empty the next few weeks, which is really a shame. Right, A couple of weeks ago, you had Sam Darnold's home opener. Tickets were more expensive than they had been in years on the secondary market. Those prices are going to plummet again. For the next couple of weeks when the Jets are playing Denver and the Colts, there's going to be a lot of Denver fans in the building. There's going to be a lot of Colts fans in the building, and those tickets are going to be dirt cheap. And it's going to stay that way if the Jets keep losing games. I don't think anybody expected this team to be a playoff team this year, to be above 500. I picked them to go 7-9, to nine, and I'm a little concerned about that now because I don't know if they have enough to get to 7 wins. I think most of us thought 6-7 wins, and maybe they do still get there. They still get to play Buffalo twice. They'll have some easier games upcoming on the schedule. But with these next three home games, if the Jets are going to have any semblance of being competitive this year and hovering anywhere near 500, you kind of need to beat teams like Denver and the Colts at home before you get the Vikings before you have to play Chicago on the road, who won by 30-plus points today, uh, before you get into the back half of that schedule where you got to play New England twice, you got to play Green Bay, you got to play Tennessee, who looks really good right now. So we're going to learn a little bit about this team these next few weeks. It is nice, after a really rough start from the schedule makers with three of your first four games on the road and the three games in 10 days, to have three straight games at home and really be able to settle into – you know, where you live here in North Jersey for a month. Uh, but these are not games where the Jets are going to be favorites. I mean, we don't know what's going to happen with Denver and Kansas City tonight, but Denver's going to be favorites in that game. 
The Colts are one and three. That might be a game the Jets are slight favorites in, although Andrew Luck's going to be a handful with the way he's been playing. Looked really good against Houston today, despite them losing. And then you get Minnesota, who, despite their record, uh, is still going to be heavy favorites in that game. It has a lot more talent than the Jets do. So, look, I don't think it's crazy that the Jets are one and three right now. Uh, I don't think it's crazy with how they lost to Miami and Cleveland. Again, blowing a 14-point lead to Cleveland is not acceptable. Uh, but I understand that when you have a young team and you're playing a young quarterback, sometimes losses like that are going to happen. And I'm not saying they should have been expected to beat Jacksonville, but they they didn't even show up today. They showed up like a team who expected to lose, and they played like it. And we're just not seeing enough effort and energy. And those that's not something we saw a lot last year. We knew they were overmatched from a talent perspective last year, but they competed in most weeks and won a couple games that they probably shouldn't have. Today was a game that reminded me of some of those last Rex years where the Jets just showed up acting like they were going to lose and went out and got their asses kicked up and down the field. And uh, it's something that, you know, fans are rightly frustrated with and everyone's going to be uh, blowing off a lot of steam about the team this week. And you got to hope they could pick themselves up off the mat. And more importantly, you got to hope that Sam Darnold starts playing a little better and gets back to some of the stuff he was doing the first two weeks of the season. And he gets some more support from Jeremy Bates, from his offensive line, and from some of the other weapons on the offense. The Jets appeared to sit Terrell Pryor down today, which I'm completely fine with considering the effort level he gave the first few weeks, but they have to find a way to get Robbie Anderson going. Getting him the slot and getting him down the field for a potential big play, good start. You have to have Darnold keep making that throw until he hits it so the ball spread around a little more. So, wrap everything up. We'll be back with our normal podcast on Thursday with a guest previewing Jets versus Broncos in Week 5. Team is currently 1-3. Denver is 2-1 and one right now, getting ready for their Monday night game against the Kansas City Chiefs. Thank you, everybody, for listening. Thank you, everybody, who came out today for the watch party. Make sure to check out William McBride's on 6th and Grand in Hoboken. Check out our survey links for Get Around this week. And make sure to continue to follow Game Day Tailgate Presents for all their different events the rest of the NFL season. Thank you, everybody.